Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to the Rip City Soccer Moms podcast. Let's get after this today. The NFL draft is over and I'm about to recap it for your ear holes. Let's do this. So my favorite part of the NFL draft is the absurdity of the first round. I mean, there's nothing like it. There's nothing else in sports that makes people pay attention like that. Think about when's the last time you watched the MLB draft or the NHL draft or I mean, the NBA draft is fun, but there's not the like chaos that the NFL draft has. Just for a uh, fun fact before we really get into stuff today, just so you know, the NFL draft this year, the first round was broadcast on uh, Fox, NFL Network, and ESPN. The Fox and NFL Network cast was a simulcast, which was interesting because this is the first time that we had a broadcast network show. The first, they showed round one on Thursday night, and they showed round two and three on Friday night. Uh, The ratings were good. Uh, between the three networks, it was uh, 13 million people watched round one, which is an all-time record. And when you take into account kind of uh, where the NFL is at, it's interesting that 13 million people would actually watch the NFL draft, considering that, I mean, not to be mean, but it's not been the best thing ever for the NFL lately. So 13 million people turned in on for round one, which is, you know, Amazing. The part I was more impressed with was 4 million people tuning in to watch the Saturday rounds. So we're talking round four through seven. So this is the deep cut rounds. These are the things that people like me watch that really, really love football and really, really are draft addicts. So interesting that we're getting that many different rounds and we're getting that many viewers to watch those different rounds. So that's encouraging for the NFL. If you're worried about the NFL's health, I wouldn't be worried too much because the NFL is, in fact, doing well when you look at the fact that 13 million people tune in to watch somebody's name get read. Now, that just could be that this was such an intriguing draft. Uh, I want to take a quick quick look at uh, the first three picks and kind of give you my uh, first round steals and uh, things of that nature. So uh, bear with me as we get ready for this. Uh, I want to start with round one. Uh, pick one, uh, the Baker Mayfield pick. So uh, for those of you that don't know, Cleveland is a den of sadness that never does well uh, and never drafts quarterbacks well. So they had an opportunity in this draft. Now, I've been calling this draft uh, uh, NFL Draft 2006 Electric Boogaloo. Because I really don't buy any of the quarterbacks, but of all the quarterbacks that I didn't like, Baker Mayfield was probably the one I hated the most. Because Baker Mayfield is short, he's unathletic, he played in an offense in which it was designed on trick plays. Go back and look at Oklahoma's offense from last year. Oklahoma, almost every play they ran was a trick play. So yeah, Baker Mayfield had like a 72% completion percentage and won the Heisman Trophy. But that was in a system designed for him to do that. And that that's where I'm going to start being worried. I'm worried that the Browns made another Browns pick and really screwed up and screwed the pooch. Uh, pick two, I 
Shaquan Barkley going to the Giants, that's a steal for the Giants. The Giants are amazing. They did a great, a great job. You get arguably the best player in the draft at the second position. And that, I mean, that's, what can you say? The kid's amazing. He's an amazing running back. I personally think he's my favorite running back prospect since Adrian Peterson. I know that's blasphemy with Ezekiel Elliott doing so well in the league, but Shaquan Barkley's special. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. The reason I think Shaquan Barkley is special is because he run blocks. Now, for me, when I am picking a running back or thinking about the running backs that I want the in a draft and things of that nature. I don't care how good of a at they are at running. That's the last thing I worry about. And I know what you're thinking, JD, that's stupid as hell. It's a running back. A running back needs to run. Well, no, if they're going to be drafted in the NFL, we know they can run. That's the easy part. The hard part is pass blocking. Can they pass block is my number one thing. If a running back can pass block, that's amazing. So now you're thinking, you're saying, okay, JD, then it's running. No, false. It goes pass block. Can they catch and run routes? Then how good of a running back they are. Because if they can do A and B well, they sure as shit can do C well. So let's re- like let's think about that for a minute. If you're going to pick a running back, you want the guy that can pass block well. There's a reason guys like LeGarrette Blunt are still in the league. And we're like, and there's really not a reason they should be. So part of that is just because they can pass block so well. Moving on to pick three. This is where Sam Darnold went off the board. Now, Sam Darnold's an interesting prospect. He had a bad season his junior year at USC. And the reason he had a bad season is because he changed his throwing motion. He changed his throwing motion so it'd be more NFL ready. If you go back and look at the stats, his completion percentage got better as the year went on because he got used to throwing the ball that way. Here's where my worry comes in. I am worried about Sam Darnold turning the ball over. I do not want a quarterback that turns the ball over at a high rate. That is something that just kills your team. And Sam Darnold averaged 1.25 turnovers a game. That's not good, guys. That is not a good percentage. But he's arguably the best quarterback in this draft. I think Sam Darnold was a steal at the Jets for three because the Jets can let him sit for a year that he can learn from a guy who's been in the league for like 16 years and Josh McCowan, that's good. That is a good pick for the Jets. I think it's the pick the Browns should have made. Speaking of things Browns, the Browns shouldn't have done at four, they took Denzel Ward. Awful, 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 awful pick. Not that Denzel Ward's a bad player. Bradley Chubb was still there. They could have paired Bradley Chubb on one side and Miles Garrett on the other and solidified their defense for the next 10 years, and they chose not to. They said they chose to go after a corner from the Big Ten. I have a rule about corners. I don't take corners from the Big Ten in the first round because the Big Ten doesn't throw the ball enough. If you're going to take a corner from a conference in the first round, it needs to be an SEC or Pac-12, even maybe a Big 12 at this point. But you just don't take a corner from the Big Ten in the first round, especially at pick four. I think they made a mistake, and I think that that mistake's going to end up costing them dearly. Uh, Just a quick rapid fire through the first round. We'll talk about some other notable. Bradley Chubb actually went at five to Denver. Yeah. Sorry to the AFC West that has to play Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Um, Denver didn't balk at that. Denver made the right pick. Um, Moving on to eight, 
or seven, excuse me, Josh Allen went. Uh, Josh Allen, of course, had the racism scandal right on draft day. Uh, Pay attention to the NFL draft, and there will always be a scandal on draft day. So I don't care. Uh, The thing that worries me about Josh Allen is that he's never had more than a a 51% completion percentage, even going back to high school. So that worries me about an NFL quarterback. Uh, I like the Dolphins taking Mika Fitzpatrick at 11. Uh, I think that's a good pick. I think that's not a Dolphins pick, which is to mean that they usually take somebody worse. Uh, Josh Rosen falling to 10. I think he's a scumbag. I think that he's a rich kid that doesn't really care about football. I know I'm throwing out hot takes here and I apologize, but the kid doesn't get it. And just listen to some of his interviews after being drafted at 10. And you'll know he doesn't understand. So uh, Marquette, Marcus Davenport going at 14 to the Saints. This was a win-now move for the Saints. The Saints are close, but getting a pass rusher like him out of UT San Antonio is a great move for them. And I honestly think uh, Steele, at that pick, the value they gave up to get to that pick might end up being too much. We'll have to wait and see. I don't like trading a future first-round pick to move up in the first round, but that's just me. Congratulations, Packers. That was the right move. Uh, at 22, the Titans got Rashawn Evans. Uh, steal. Uh, Rashawn Evans is a three-down inside linebacker, which you don't get a lot in football anymore. And that is the value at 22 when he was projected as a uh, top 15 pick is there. So uh, we love that. That's a good That's a good pick. Uh, I also really, really, really like the Rashad Penny pick by Seattle because it's a Seattle pick. Let's be honest, um, a lot of people are crapping on it because he wasn't projected as a top-tier running back. He wasn't projected as a first-rounder, but he fits what Seattle wants to do. Uh, so I want to, since we got about five minutes left in this here podcast, I want to give you kind of my highlights uh, and the teams that I think won the draft. Uh, I'm not going to give you draft grades because you can't give really good draft grades for another five years until after the uh, players have had a chance to play in the league for a long time. So here's teams that I think won the draft. Seattle. They stuck with what Seattle does. Seattle got themselves into a hole in the last couple of years because they went away from the Seattle Seahawks philosophy of drafting. They fit the players and the persons that will fit their franchise at areas of need. Yes, they could have got some offensive linemen, but here's the dirty secret. This wasn't the best offensive line draft in a while. So going and getting a guy like Penny who can run is just, it's the right thing to do. Seattle stuck to their guns and made the right picks. Uh, Denver. Denver is a team that I honestly believe won the draft. Uh, Part of that is is because their first three picks were home runs. Uh, Bradley Chubb, is Bradley Chubb. I mean, he's the best pass rusher in the draft. And anytime that you can get the best pass rusher in the draft at five, who's arguably the best player, uh, good. Uh, I also am a big fan of Cortland Sutton from SMU. He's a wide receiver. Uh, I probably would have had him going a little bit earlier. They got him in the second round, and I think that that was an absolute steal. And then getting their running back of the future in Royce Freeman and the third was just perfect. I mean, Royce Freeman fits exactly the style of play that Denver wants to do. And so for Denver to get that kind of be able to do the things that Denver wants to do, 
uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he rushes for a thousand yards this season. So he is definitely a fantasy sleeper. And the last team that I want to highlight is actually my own Tennessee Titans. I know what you're thinking, Homer. You're right, but not in this case. Tennessee got amazing value. Sure, they only had four picks, but Tennessee is one of those borderline teams. They made it to the second round of the playoffs with a bad offense because their offensive coordinator and head coach would not let the offense run like a modern offense. So now that that's taken care of, there's some interesting factors. Tennessee is one of those teams that couple right draft picks, fills a couple of holes, and you have a young, and you have a mix of young and old on defense. You have a young offense. I mean, that's it could be scary. And the fact of the matter is, is Tennessee just got value. I mean, they got Harold Landry with the 41st pick in the draft. This kid was the number two pass rusher in the draft. I mean, he was absolutely astounding, and he fell to the second round because sometimes when teams have too much tape on a guy, when they have a little bit too much tape, which happened with him, with Harold Landry, because he came back for his senior year and had an injury, so he didn't play as well as he did his junior year, then people over-evaluate the extra tape. And sadly, that's what happened in the case of Harold Landry. Not sad for the Titans, but the Titans got the value there. They got the number two pass rusher in the second round, which was a position of need. So they filled pass rush and inside linebacker. That is a great draft. And then in the sixth round at pick 199, they picked up Luke Falk. Now, Luke Falk should not have fallen as far as he did. He doesn't really fit behind Mariota, but it's the Patriots model of you draft a really good backup quarterback and you develop that quarterback for a couple of years so that then you can trade them later. So those are the teams that I think won. Uh, quick rapid fire of teams that I think lost the draft. Uh, look no, Always look no further than Cleveland. I think Cleveland made bad choices, made bad decisions. Uh, Buffalo, I think, lost the draft. Basically, any team that had to take a quarterback in the first round, I think, lost the draft. Because these are not quarterbacks that I think that you want to bet your future on. And I don't think you want to bet your franchise on these guys. So for me, those were mistakes that were made. Now, looking ahead, we don't know. The thing is, is these are just my opinions. And opinions, everybody has them. But we can factor in the fact that later in the year, we're going to see a little bit more. We'll understand some more and come back five years. And we'll know a lot. So, uh... Stay tuned for this special double episode. Uh, stay tuned to the feed because you're going to get my hot takes on what the Blazers should do in this offseason. Uh, you're listening to the Rip City Soccer Moms podcast. Thank you and good night, Cleveland. <laughs>